The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezzik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast presented, of course, by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's number one rated sportsbook app. And we are primed and ready for the Masters. One of the all-time great weekends to bet, to take a nap, to enjoy the dulcet tones of Jim Nance, who we just heard last night on the National Championship basketball game. I am Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, at Ross Tucker NFL, on the various social media platforms. If you're on one of them, I very likely am as well, at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, the whole deal. You can always watch these shows now via YouTube, which a lot of people are really enjoying. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Seth Payne was terrific on Monday's Ross Tucker football podcast, talking about everything Houston Texans and Deshaun Watson. Seth, of course, played for the Texans, does sports talk radio there. He has a bunch of interesting things to say about how Deshaun was and is perceived in the Houston community. And then we had linebacker day on the college draft podcast, which was awesome. Emory Huntman, he marches to the beat of his own drum. He had Micah Parsons as the third best inside linebacker. Definitely check out Emory on the college draft podcast. All of our shows always available, not only on YouTube, but you can be the first to know when they're posted, if you follow us on social at Ross Tucker Pod, Twitter, and Instagram. As always, I got, I like to say, I know he's got a lot to say about recapping March Madness, about the Sam Darnold move with the Carolina Panthers, the New York Jets, and betting on golf. My co-host, the only two-time winner of the Super Bowl of professional football gambling, the Super Contest at the Westgate. The one and only Steve Fezzik. Speaking of only, at Fezzik Sports, except no imposters. And we are joined today, Steve, at least for the first part of the show, by Cam Rogers from the Tiger Woods podcast at Mr. Rogers 99. 
Cam, I actually, and, and Cam's obviously very young, but you can tell Cam looks like a guy that spent a lot of time in his life at a country club golfing. I mean, you, you got that look to you, Cam. And don't take that the wrong way, Cam. That's how I grew up as well. Uh, certainly played some country club golf, but not well, Ross. So let's uh, make that distinction. I played, but, you know, average at best. You know, two thoughts. And Steve, we never talked about this. The first thing is my dad is 5'9", 170 pounds, and he did not play football. He was the county golf champion. He got cut from the high school basketball team. We could not be more different. I am six four and a half, a trim down two fifty five, and so I remember golfing and getting lessons. I remember summer before ninth or tenth grade, uh, ninth grade. I remember before ninth grade. You know the the golf pro at the local country club said he thought by the end of the summer I might be better than my dad. It was like a seven handicap. Well, it was summer before ninth grade. I was lifting weights every day, playing basketball every day trying to hook up with girls every day. I just didn't really have the time to golf. I just wasn't into it. And then by the time I got into high school sports, the focus was so that I, I kind of never, never got into golf after that. And then I tried it with the Cowboys. I've told that story before about hurting my back when I was with the Cowboys and ha- never haven't really done it since after I had the back surgery in Buffalo. But point is, Cam, is I can relate. Second thing. Your Twitter handle, at Mr. Rogers 99 okay? I'm assuming, were you born in 99? Is that what that means? You know, no, but I have this, like, randomness to the numbers that I choose for my username. Like, my email has 40 in it, and Twitter has 99. Instagram has 98, so I guess I could say I'm one point better on Twitter than I am on Instagram, but really... Yeah, not much logic. I was born in 94, though, but I'm honored that you think I was born in 99. My skin must look great. I don't know. All right, so the Mr. Rogers thing, is that just because it's your last name, or do you even know who Mr. Rogers is? I know who Mr. Rogers is. There is no relation, but at the time when I made Twitter, I thought, eh, this kind of rings, so I'm rolling with it. All right, so how long have you been doing the Tiger Woods podcast? couple years now. Ironically, I started it the week before that illustrious victory at Augusta National where Tiger Woods won it. So the timing could not be better. I've been with Believe since November of 2018. I'm their marketing manager, so I promote all the shows on the network. And eventually I started my own show, which was the Tiger Woods podcast. And I did that because nobody out there is doing a show dedicated to essentially the goat of the PGA Tour. Now things are changing a little bit with the show with Tiger off uh, recovering. So there's a lot more golf betting involved. There's a lot more just general golf discussion. And it's great to see the proliferation of golf betting right now. A lot of intrigue. Yeah, you know, I don't know if it's just because I am more into betting now and I have more betting content. I don't remember people talking about betting golf a couple years ago. Right Now it seems like everybody bets golf. Yeah. And, you know, Ross, I'll tell you, golf was one of the first big sports to come back after the shutdown with the pandemic. And so, you know, the sample size was low in terms of what you could actually watch for live sports. And golf is one of those that you actually could. And so that brought in a lot of sports betting intrigue and a lot more golf content out there and people like me who are, you know, learning about the game more and more as we go. So I think that was a great moment for the PGA Tour and golf in general just to grow because it is A, a naturally socially distant sport. We know this. And B, 
you know, it was one of the few live sports on TV. So you're kind of forced to watch it. And hey, I guess it brought in new fans. It's a really good point. Because I do remember like a year ago at this time, that was when people were, I mean, it was the only thing on. Right. But I think that's a good point, Cam. So I don't know how popular your podcast is, but you'll know how popular it is when you get your first cease and desist from Tiger Woods for having <laughs> the podcast. Like, you'll know you've made it, Cam, when you get an email from a lawyer or a letter that's like, uh, yeah, you can no longer have this podcast be called the Tiger Woods podcast. You're absolutely right. That's the vote of confidence, right? That's when I made my mark. And it's because Tiger Woods reached out and, hey, I'll have him on the show to discuss it. And then uh, we'll change the name or something like that. But uh, no, yeah, it's been uh, a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. And um, we'll see what happens. Maybe uh, I'll get something in the mail after this show. Oops. <laughs> All right. So. Uh, for two things on golf that we need to start with before we even get into how you bet it, whatever. First of all, talk to me about Jordan Spieth because mm. I know everybody's been talking about him. He hadn't won in forever. Gosh, time flies, by the way. It seems like he was just like the next big thing. And then he went away for a while. Now he's back. What do you think about the way Spieth's playing? And do you give him a chance in this matchup? Yeah, winning recently at the Valero Texas Open, his first victory since the 2017 Open Championship at Birkdale. So it has been some time, but we started to see some signs about a month and a half ago when his iron game started to get hot. He's now posted six top 15 finishes in his past seven starts. And his first five trips to the Masters, his worst finish is T11. So you're seeing this combination of elite course history and really good recent form and that spells well, obviously, for Spieth's chances this week. The outright market has gone on him in terms of value. I mean, if you wanted an outright number on Spieth, you got to go back to like January when it was super inflated. Now he's one of the favorites and everybody's talking about him. But it is great to see him, in a way, pick up the slack without Tiger Woods. People love to talk about Jordan Spieth. He's a content kind of guy in the golf community him along with Bryson DeChambeau. So, look, he's going to be a factor this week. There's no doubt about it. He's going to have to fight some history here to go back-to-back -back in terms of winning Valero and then the Masters. Only a few people have done it. Phil has done it before. But he should be a contender come Sunday afternoon. So what about my guy Brooks Kepka? Now, I think Bryson DeChambeau might really be my guy now because he's a DraftKings guy, and so am I. So I might be team DeChambeau plus DeChambeau's, but I, I just kind of like Kepka's style. Do you give him any shot coming back from injury in this one? No, I'm off him this week. And here's the deal with golf, guys. We know it's a volatile sport, and not all of the top players are going to finish inside the top 10 in a given week. And obviously the Masters is no exception. So you have to take a stand on, guys. Who among the favorites are you with and who are you against? This week among the favorites, I'm against Brooks Kepka. The guy just had knee surgery last month. I find it hard to believe he can compete in the heat of this tournament with so many good, talent, talented players around him. And so I think we need to see it on the course first before we put any money on him. Let's see how it goes this week. And by the way, Walking Augusta National, low-key, is not easy. So we have to monitor that as well. Love Bryson, not so much on Brooks. I actually did that. I actually walked Augusta 
when I was in ninth grade with my dad, we went to the Masters. So I watched it. You're right. That there is some truth to that. Yeah. Speaking of truth to it, you can turn one dollar cam into a hundred dollars. Pick any golfer from this weekend's tournament, and if they finish in the top ten, you cash one hundred dollars. Just make sure you do it at DraftKings Sportsbook and use the code Ross to turn $1 into $100. So even if you've never bet golf before, get the DraftKings Sportsbook app on your phone, throw the code Ross in, put a dollar on who, Cam Rogers. Give me, give me a couple guys we should consider for top 10 finishes. Yeah, absolutely. So here is a key stat. As we enter the Masters, strokes gained T to green, specifically within the last 90 days. Who are the top guys in that category? A, Patrick Cantlay is number one. His T to green game is absolutely elite right now. Love him for a top 10 finish. I'm picking John Rahm outright, so you might as well throw in a top 10 finish with that one as well. Paul Case is third on this list, too. The Englishman has been fantastic at the Masters, he's so consistent, great off the tee as well. So those three guys, top 10 finishes, love them all. All right, now, Steve, you – I know you don't like to pick outright winners. I know that's like a needle in the haystack, and that's a long shot. Do you do the top 10 thing, Steve? Do you do, like, top 10 finishes for guys? The top 10 is better. The house big on it is still too high, but at least on at some select books – if you can bet a yes or a no, then all of a sudden they get interested. I'm only interested if I can bet no, guys aren't going to make top 10. Because if I can't bet the no, then the yeses invariably get short priced. And there just isn't, um, there's limited to no value on them. But, you know, Cam nailed it. Guys can and do make money betting futures in golf. They got Jordan Spieth at 50 to 1. They're not betting Spieth at 11 to 1 at, at, at this point. So, the only guys I know that make money in the futures betting any sport are the guys that are ahead of the game and identify immediately when a guy starts playing better or a team starts performing better and gets at it before every single person. If I'm aware that Jordan Spieth is golfing very well, it's too late to bet him. Got it. All right. So then, but you, you really prefer, Steve, the head-to-heads, right? Exactly. And ideally, it's so rare in the media. So often you hear about, hey, Cantley's playing well. I got to tell you, every single expert I think I've read has picked Cantley, at least one of them, to win every single tournament all year long. So obviously he's playing well. Um, but identify guys you want to play on. But I love it when I hear negativity. When I hear Kepka had the knee surgery and here's a guy I don't want to bet to win. Immediately, I'm saying that's an implied bet. Bet against Kepka and head-to-heads. That's the sort of bets that I want to be have going for me. How does it work? How do the head-to-head bets work, Steve? So typically they'll just put like you know the two heavy lifters and they'll put Bryson DeChambeau against Bruce Kepka, and you can bet them that their first round scores. More common is bet them for the entire tournament. Who will do better? And in this case, I'm sure DeChambeau would be like a minus 200 type favorite against Kepka. I just threw that out. I don't know the exact number. Kim, what about yourself? When you bet golf, how do you like to dabble? Yeah, absolutely. I agree with Steve in terms of outrights. 
you know, needle in a haystack. You're throwing a dart. Very rarely do the favorites win on the PGA Tour. It happens. Just for sheer example, the average number within the last 10 years to win outright at the Masters around 33 to 1. All right. So that's all you need to know. So I love to go to the matchups and I like the finishing positions as well, but the matchups are a lot of fun. Obviously you're not going to get a lot of plus money for the most part. It's even money, but you can pinpoint one player who's playing really well and another who is not. So for example, John Rahm minus 152 over Rory McIlroy. Love that a lot because we have not seen any good play from McIlroy really recently. Uh, Jordan Spieth plus money over Justin Thomas Thomas has played well at the Masters recently, but Spieth is riding that momentum wave and at plus money. I'll take that all day. And then you can kind of go to the nationalities, right? Top European player, top U.S. player. You can also use your outright pick uh, as leverage on winning nationality. So if I'm picking John Rahm, I'll pick uh, a Spaniard as the winning nationality. That's plus 950 there. Really nice number. So you can have some fun. It depends on the tournament, though, Ross. At the Masters, it's a chalkier type of tournament than, say, oh, I don't know, the Memorial, where you can get somebody random to win that week, for example. Interesting. Okay, so what? I'll give you the floor for one more, Cam. One other, anything you got as it relates to the Masters or betting, your best nugget, your best bet, what do you got? I'm going to say it. I kind of like Phil Mickelson this week, guys. Now, let's slow our roll. I'm not picking him to win. I'm not picking him to finish inside the top 20. But at plus money to finish inside the top 40, plus 125, I'll dabble with that. He's gaining strokes with his irons on the PGA Tour, right? We're not talking about the senior tour. He's actually playing pretty well with his irons on the big boy tour. I think that can translate. And also, there's some instances where when you roll down Magnolia Lane, you find that Augusta magic. Tiger did it a couple of times in his career, say, after the scandal in 2009. He shows up to Augusta in 2010, finishes inside the top 10, had no business doing so. We could see that with Phil, some sort of T35 this week. So I like him, and I know he's a fan favorite out there, so I wanted to throw his name in. I like it. Make sure you follow Cam on Twitter, at Mr. Rogers 99 and check out the Tiger Woods podcast, before Tigers people make Cam change the name of it. The at the Tiger Woods podcast. That's the key. Cam, thank you so much, man. Really appreciate it. Appreciate it, guys. Great work and uh, chat soon. There he is, Cam Rogers. You know, uh, Steve, you got a great head of hair. So does Cam. So I waited till Cam was gone to talk about keeps because two out of three men – will experience some form of hair loss by the time they are 35. And if you're watching on YouTube, I am raising my hand. I ha definitely suffered it by the time I was 35. You know, more than 50 million men in the U.S. suffer from male pattern baldness. Here's the thing, though. Ask my wife. Ask my friends. I have kept my hair for like the last 10 years, since I was 32 probably, because I've been taking the only two FDA-approved medications – you guys know the deal. I mean, like the FDA, they have to see evidence before they approve it. One is a pill I take every morning. One is the topical stuff I rub on my bald spot in the morning and at night. Awesome. Absolutely awesome. Keep saves me time, saves me money. You don't have to go to the drugstore. You don't have to go to the doctor to get a prescription. You need to take action. Prevent hair loss. Go to keeps.com. 
slash even money. Again, you can receive your first month of treatment for free. Just go to keeps.com slash even money. Why not? I got friends. I got family members involved because they know. They know that I've kept my hair for a while now. To get your first month free, keeps.com slash even money. Speaking of keeps, Steve, how much of your money did you keeps during the NCAA basketball tournament? You know, the tournament was good to me just because I identified the whole Lucas Oil as being a venue to play unders in. And I went nine and three playing unders at the openers before the um, the final four. Final four went actually two and one to the over, but the, the numbers had adjusted. Oftentimes just finding one factor as simple as playing in a football stadium, the backdrops being difficult to shoot in is enough to be able to win when uh, playing any specific sport. What, what, I mean, and those are totals. So they're probably pretty high, pretty high bets you were able to get in on those. Yeah, absolutely. Now, harder when you bet the openers and it can make the difference. You look at the Oklahoma Missouri game, for instance, I played under 141 and it closed 138 and a half and lands 140. So a lot easier to get a lot down against the closing numbers than against the opening numbers. Got it. You said that you were texting. We, you and I were texting, and you said that March Madness is one of the most beatable sports there is. Why is that? Volume game. On any Saturday, there's literally 100 games. You can have the starting point guard being out for a team that's averaging 19 points eight assists a game, probably worth five points to the team. And there's just too much information. There's too many games for the odds makers to keep track of everything. Contrast that with even a game like baseball that a lot of um, better say baseball is great because there's so many games. There's only 15 games a day in baseball compared to 100 in college basketball. And because of that, even more than 100, those really, really enormous cards are so favorable to the better who can cherry pick. Don't have to bet on any specific game. Just bet on the games you have information on. So, okay, that's a good question. Because you've kind of made your name as an NFL guy, but they say NFL is the hardest. So I know you bet everything, but why don't you focus or specialize in one of these other areas that seems to be easier to win than the NFL? Because I have a passion for the NFL. So when I watch the NFL, I enjoy it more and I am fully engaged. There's certain sports I bet I really don't like the NBA very much. So although there's more games and the like, I don't have the passion for the NBA that I would for the NFL. And if you have a passion for a game and you're following it, and we saw Cam, he has a passion for golf, so he has a website on golf, and he's going to be naturally more knowledgeable about that sport. Really, any game or sport that you enjoy, you're going to be better at, and you're, and you're not working, you're just spending hours watching and researching. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. Is that why, by the way, when you said all the games, 100 college basketball games, is that why you think college football is similar? College football exactly is similar. So an example is um, in the NFL, if a freak blizzard blows in off of a lake, 
it's true that wasn't in the weather forecast. You can make money betting the under. However, people are going to find out about it in the pregame shows. Ross Tucker's out there and the wind's blowing, the snow's blowing sideways, and you'll see that total drop precipitously just after that clip is viewed. Now contrast that to a college football game. Buffalo's playing exactly the same weather, not even a blip on the radar screen. People are going based upon the pregame weather forecast, not what's actually happening because there's just too many games and too many venues to follow. So speaking of the NFL, uh, there was major news yesterday that I got to get your thoughts on. I know next week is going to be epic because you and I are going to take our first look at DraftKings season win totals for the NFL. I can't wait to just dive into the whole 17-game season with you and what that means, what you're looking at in terms of edges there on the season win total numbers. But I just wanted to get your opinion on the Carolina Panthers trading three picks, six-round pick, second- and fourth-round pick for Sam Darnold. And what I thought was interesting was immediately guaranteeing him close to $19 million for 2022, not this year. They could have taken a one-year spin at him. If he's great, give him a new contract. If he stinks, then you're out of it. Instead, they guarantee him the $19 million for 2022, Steve. And I, I know from texting with you, you're not a big fan. Yeah, I don't understand this at all. Now, I know the owner of the Panthers, hedge fund manager, uh, Tepper Brilliant, and I get it. Potential, you've got a guy, Sam Darnold, that went third in the draft, so obviously has the pedigree. But you've got three years of data in the NFL, and he's been bad. How bad? If you look at the quarterbacks that have qualified to have enough pass attempts to be have a QBR rating, uh, he's last of the 20 quarterbacks that qualified by a large margin. It's not even close. He, um, if I'm looking at his numbers now, his best year was 2019, 25th in QBR. Last year he was last in QBR. And you look at Bridgewater, what's wrong with Teddy Bridgewater? He was 17th last year, 22nd the year before. So you've got an example where Bridgewater, slightly below average starting NFL quarterback. I have him rated number 19. I have Sam Darnold rated 31. Okay, you get away from Adam Gase, you get away from the Jets. Maybe Darnold gets better. I don't think he gets to be as good as Bridgewater. And why are you giving up? you know, a second and a fourth rounder next year to get a quarterback that should be a backup. I do not understand it. You know, it's interesting because on a lot of levels, because number one, I don't know if you saw my tweet yesterday, Steve, at Ross Tucker NFL, but his numbers aren't even nearly as good as Mitch Trubisky's. And Mitch Trubisky signs with the Bills one year, $2.5 million to be Josh Allen's clear backup. I mean, backup to an MVP candidate. So these other teams, the Niners would rather trade three first-round picks. The Panthers would rather trade three picks and pay Darnold. Obviously, we know what Washington and New England and New Orleans and these other teams have done. Nobody really wanted Trubisky. I'm not here to say Trubisky's good. I just think it's interesting. Trubisky's a four-year sample size. Darnold's three. There's this perception that Darnold is salvageable and still good, just a product of his circumstances, 
Whereas Trubisky's a lost cause. I mean, you want to talk about value and the hedge fund guy, give me Trubisky for $2.5 million and no draft picks over Sam Darnold for $23 million fully guaranteed and three draft picks. And Trubisky did have a stellar year. He was actually third in QBR one year. Hard to believe. So I almost wonder if this isn't the game of musical chairs where they're taking away quarterbacks one by one. Oh, there goes Fitzmagic. Looks like Watson's not going to be available. And Carolina, for whatever reason, doesn't want Bridgewater to be their starting quarterback. And Ross, they ran out of quarterbacks. They're like, you know what? We got to take a chair, any chair, or there's not going to be any chairs left. Well, it's interesting because Daniel Jeremiah from NFL Network came out with his latest mock draft. He had five quarterbacks going in the first seven picks. So none of them were going to be there for Carolina at eight. Carolina's desperate. The part I don't understand, I don't understand why a year ago in free agency, they guaranteed $10 million of Teddy Bridgewater's salary this year. I don't understand why they just guaranteed Darnold's salary for next year, for 2022. They don't have to do that. I, I, I'm not understanding I think that they think that they can get these guys to play really well and that so they're actually getting value there. But wow, there is quite the risk, especially when they just showed they evidently weren't able to do that with Teddy Bridgewater. All good stuff, Steve. I am so fired up for next week. Our first look at the season win totals over at DraftKings. If you're going to make a bet, always use the code Ross over there. Season win totals next week. Get fired up. We got to get Steve's thoughts on the 17-game season, how it relates to the win totals. Other than that, good luck, everybody. Hope you guys win some money. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast, Business of Sports, and the College Draft, all available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mentioned DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109-WITH-IT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always. Sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 